Well, right from the start, I miss Brother Kevin Kennedy saying, that's good, Pastor. Somebody say that, Pastor. I, somebody say that. I miss that. So he's, he's out of town, but I uh, needed to hear that. Well, I want to invite your attention this morning to Colossians chapter 3 as we continue in this series, Growing Up. And as we think about the message today, we're talking about you're hired. So I want to invite you to find your place in God's Word. And I'm going to read and you follow along. Let me get you to stand again in honor of the reading of God's Word. Holy moment when we stand to read Scripture together in worship. Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writing to a group of believers in Colossae. And here's what he says to them. Bondservants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters. Not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward, you are serving the Lord Christ. For the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. And in masters, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Now, Father, we thank you for being our master, and we want to be faithful servants to you. And bless the preaching and teaching of your word and even the obedience to your word is our prayer today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. As I think about this message, I want to go back just for a moment to the book of Acts because the early church inspires me. And when I think about the early church, it inspires me because when you look at their witness for Christ, it was not limited to a day of the week or to the four walls of a building. They were on mission everywhere they were at. Acts chapter 5, verse 42, and it says, And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. Every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease preaching and teaching that the Christ is Jesus. As I think about our lives today, and here's what I pray for us as believers, followers of Jesus, that we would not limit the preaching and teaching of God's Word to a Sunday or to the four walls of a building. But whether it's in schools or in workplaces, in our families, wherever God puts us, that we would be eager and obedient to share the message of Jesus with other people. And so today I want to talk about the workplace. You're hired. And so I invite your attention with me again to Colossians chapter 3. But I want to ask you a series of questions today in the room and those who are watching online as you think about this message and your job and your work, your vocation. Are, do you enjoy your work? Are you tired of what you do for a living? Are you making a difference in your workplace? And is God pleased with what you do for a vocation? As you and I think about that, there was a study came out from Princeton University some time ago, alarming study because it said 82% of Americans say they hate their jobs. 82% of people hate their jobs. I read a book a number of years ago from Max Licato entitled Cure for the Common Life. It's about the workplace. It's about what you do Monday through Friday, whatever your work schedule may be. And Max Licato, even in that book, talked about suicides and heart attacks, how connected they are to the workplace because so many people hate what they do for a living. 
And then many people would say, sitting in churches week in and week out, that they've never heard a sermon, a biblical message from God's Word about how to connect the workplace to biblical principles. And that's why, again, I love teaching and preaching through books of the Bible because we make a connection. Here's what God's Word says. Here's how it applies to our lives. And then here's how God wants us to live it out. Well, let me ask you another series of questions. What are you getting out of your job? And most of us would say, well, it's money. And that's a primary motivator. There's no doubt we want a paycheck so we can take care of our families and meet the needs. But there's so much more to work than just money. Other people look and say, when it comes to my workplace, here's what I'm getting out of that. They would say, I'm I'm learning skills and developing character in the workplace. Other people would say, I'm building relationships with other people. God created us to be relational. That's a healthy motivation in work. And then other people would say, I'm making a difference in the place where I work. And then some people would say, even since God is using me in the workplace, those are wonderful things to see happen. And then if I ask you to get honest about your workplace, what is your workplace? What is your perspective really like in the workplace? Here's what many people would say. If I just made a little bit more money, it'd be so much more enjoyable. If my boss was a little more compassionate and patient, I would enjoy going in more. If I felt like I was making a difference, then I'd see the purpose behind what I do. And if I could find myself helping other people in life, then that would be the greatest reward of all. But what about your workplace? What about what you do? You're hired. So once you're hired, what do you do? What does God's Word say? So I invite your attention to the outline as we walk through this from Colossians chapter 3 and the beginning of chapter 4. But thinking about the workplace, number one, if you and I are going to get the most out of our work, number one, protect your attitude. So you look at this text in Colossians 3, Paul uses words that sometimes we get a little uncomfortable with in the beginning, bond servants and masters. What in the world does he mean? You have to realize in those days, in the life of the Apostle Paul, slavery was an established institution in those days. Maybe half the people would have been considered slaves. They would have been highly educated individuals. They would have also had significant responsibilities in the context of families. But it was an established institution. But please understand this next statement. Even though it was an established institution, it was not based on race like slavery was in our country many, many years ago. We're talking a different context. And if you and I are going to be faithful to God's word, and how do we make a context to our relationship and our lives today? When you look at it, it says bond servants and masters, we would better understand that in our day as employers, employees. We've got an employer, we've got a supervisor, a manager, I'm an employee, or we're an employer and we employ other people. Employers and employees is the great way to understand this. But if you and I are going to get the most out of our jobs, our vocations, and be used of Christ, we have to protect our attitude. Now look at these three statements. One, take your job seriously. I want to say if you're going to do that, you understand this idea, if I'm going to take it seriously, then I need the mindset of a servant bond service that's what he's talking about i realize in our day that word doesn't fit very well for us we don't like to be servants necessarily but as believers in the lord jesus christ we live different than those who are in the world and so when it comes to the workplace we take it serious we ought to give our best we ought to be on time we ought to work hard we ought to be fruitful and productive we ought to be someone of character and integrity in the workplace we should be the best employees on the planet 
because we name the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Take your job seriously. Here's what I mean. Approach your work with the attitude of a servant. Here's why I mean that. Jesus was a servant. The Son of Man did not come simply to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. In the upper room in John 13, Jesus takes a basin of water and a towel and he washes the feet of his disciples. He was serving them. And as you and I think about his death on a cross, obedience to the Heavenly Father, giving his life for you and me, Jesus paid it all. He was serving out of obedience to the Heavenly Father. He was a servant. You look at the life of the Apostle Paul, great missionary, church planter, pastor, preacher, writer. He was a servant. He served Christ and he served God's people and he served churches. You and I, when it comes to the workplace, what we do for a living, we need the mindset that we are servants, bond servants, as Paul is talking to the believers at Colossae. And then he says this, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, meaning do what they ask you to do. Now immediately somebody's going to say, but I've got a question with that. It says, obey everything. Well, what if they ask me to do something in the workplace that violates a conviction I have or violates a biblical principle? What do I do in response to that? Great question. Here's what I would encourage you. That's where you draw the line, but I would encourage you. That's where you want to be careful how you approach that situation. For example, if they ask you to do something in the workplace, your supervisor, employer, manager, that violates biblical principles, what do you do in the midst of that? Here's what I would say in most situations. I would not walk into your supervisor, manager's office and say this. I believe the judgment of God is going to fall in this place at any moment. That may not be the best approach. I wouldn't necessarily walk in, sit down with your supervisor, manager, and say, just so you'll know, I believe Satan has you and this place in his grip. I wouldn't necessarily go that direction. But here's what I would do. Under your convictions, obeying God's word as we see here, I'd walk in, sit down with a supervisor, manager, and say this. I respect you and I appreciate you. And I want you to know my heart. I want to be the best employee in this company. I want to work harder than any other employee you have, but I cannot disobey God's word in my life. Powerful witness. And I would say to you, if you're an employer, supervisor, manager, those are the type of employees you want on your team, your staff. Take your job seriously. Look at number two, live, live your faith consistently. Here's what he said. He says in there, make sure, again, you're not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Your worship should be a worship experience, or your work should be a worship experience. Now, as you think about that, live out your faith consistently. Here's what I mean by that. We try to segment life at times. We say, here's what I do for a living, and here's my recreation, here's my church life, spiritual life. No, we don't understand it that way from God's Word. Jesus influences every segment of our lives. Doesn't make any difference which segment it is. So it's not that work is public and faith is private. No, we want to be faithful to Christ in everything we do. And so when you look at your entertainment choices, you look at your vocations, your school, your family, whatever you do, make sure you honor Jesus in everything that you do in life. That's honoring. That's worship unto him. And then when it comes to the workplace, again, you don't have to be pushy. You don't have to manipulate anyone. You don't have to do any of those things to be a witness for Christ. Just live out your faith consistently. Here's what I mean by that. 
in conversations with people in the break room or somewhere else just mention to say you're not going to believe what God did at our church last weekend that's a witness you're living out your faith you see someone in the workplace going through a very difficult time and you just make a comment to him or her to say, listen, I believe prayer makes a difference in a person's life and I want you to know I'm going to be praying with you and for you. You see someone going through a need and they've got a situation where they've got more month than they have money and you've got some extra resources. You have a generosity spirit about you and so you're able to give them some resources to help them in their need. That is being used of God or you go through a storm in your life and you allow your faith, your trust, your strength in Jesus to be on display. They're watching you and you become a witness to people in your workplace powerful witnesses live out your faith consistently and then look at number three just serve your lord willingly so in the workplace you say well i don't work in the church and well it doesn't really matter he wants to use you you're a minister you're a servant of christ serve your lord willingly and you say do you realize where i work at do you realize how difficult it is where i work how could God ever use me? Because you look at your workplace and you say, I hear filthy language all the time. I can tell you about coworkers of mine who are unfaithful to their spouses. I can show you people whose lives are an absolute mess that storm adversity after one after the other. And then you can say, I'm around people who don't even have any connection to a church. Maybe they see the church as irrelevant and boring. I'm around those people all the time. God has put you in a place where you can be used of him, even in the workplace. You know why? Because you've got got coworkers or others who need Christ. Many of them need to be discipled. Many of them need the fellowship of a church. Many of them need to know that someone who names the name of Christ cares about them and loves them. I just encourage you in your workplace, protect your attitude. Have the mindset of a servant. Jesus served, Paul served, let's serve. You and I need to be servants. Number two, give your best. As you and I think about the workplace, again, I say this. Those, those of us who name the name of the Lord Jesus Christ because all he's done for us, he gave his life for us victorious over death and the grave. He has changed our lives by his amazing grace. You and I should be the best employers and employees on the planet because we desire to give our best. Let me ask you in this room or those watching, did Almighty God give us his best? Absolutely he did. Why? He gave his only begotten son for you and me who died on the cross and shed his blood. He has given you and me his best. Why would we give anything less than our best? Because why? He says, well, you're not just serving men, you're serving the Lord. Give your best. Now, how do you do that? Number one, your vision. He says in this text to the believers in Colossae, he says, again, bond servants, obey in everything those who are earthly masters, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Verse 23, whatever you do, whatever your vocation, whatever title, or however you make a living, he says, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. It's a great word. He's, that's your vision. Your vision is, sure, I have a manager. I have a supervisor. I have someone who's an employer, but at the end of the day, I'm really working for Jesus. This morning, as Angie and I drove in, we drove past on Madison Street, an Airbnb that we were literally staying in a year ago this weekend as we came here in view of a call. Hard to believe a year has passed. 
And we were talking about it on the way in this morning. And a year ago tomorrow, I stood in this pulpit for you for the first time. And you affirmed me to be your next senior pastor here at First Baptist Church. Hard to believe a year has passed. Yeah, thank the Lord for that. Thank the Lord. And I say this, as I go back to November 1st, 2020, you affirmed me to be your next senior pastor, but I also know this, I believe the Lord called me here to be your next senior pastor. So as I want to serve you at the end of the day, Lord, I realize I'm serving you. And I want to please him and be faithful to him. Your vision in the workplace says, yes, I have a boss, I have a supervisor, manager, someone who's my employer. But at the end of the day, whether I'm sitting behind a desk or working an assembly line or teaching in a classroom or leading a group of people, whatever you do, Lord, at the end of the day, I'm serving you. I'm working for you. And I want you to be pleased in what I do. That should be your vision. Look at number two, your example. You and I need to be setting example. Other people are watching you and me. What is your example in the workplace? Again, the example is, Lord, I'm serving you. And so I want to be honest. I want to be faithful. I want want to be doing whatever is asked of me, whatever the job description is. I want to set a great example in the workplace. So the Bible talks a lot about work. We should not run from work. If we're physically able, then we need to carry down a job and work and earn a living and be generous in our giving. It's like the guy one day who went into the welfare office. He was going to apply for some financial assistance. He goes in. They give him an application. And so he fills it out. And then they call him back to a room. And he's meeting with a welfare officer. And the officer is asking some questions about the application. And then says to this man to say, why are you here to get some financial assistance? And he says, I'm having eye trouble. And so the welfare officer said, well, what kind of problem are you having with your eyes? Can you not see well or whatever? And the guy says, well, my big problem on my eyesight is I just can't see myself getting a job. (laughs) Somewhere you've got to be able to say, I need to go to work. That's a biblical thing. If you're physically able, he commands us that work is a part of that. And then I just encourage us by example, let's make sure that we're not lazy on the job. What do I mean by that? Get to work on time. Be the best employee in the workplace. Get to work in time. Don't do all personal things on company time. But also don't gossip in the workplace. That is dangerous for anyone. Gossip is dangerous, period. But it's even dangerous in the workplace. And then make sure again that we give the Lord our best. Lord, you've given us your best. I want to set a great example to those who are around me. So I want to give you my best even in the workplace. That's honoring unto Jesus. Number three, your authority. Again, you've got a boss. You've got a supervisor, manager. You've got an employer. You're going to be responsible. You'll do evaluations. You'll do all those things. But somewhere you've got to realize your ultimate authority is Jesus Christ himself. You're working for him. That's why he says again, not not eye service, not people pleasers. You fear the Lord. Whatever you do, work hard. That's for the Lord and not for men. Knowing that from the Lord, he's going to bless you, but he is your ultimate authority. He watches and sees everything you do. See, I've met people in the workplace who say, if the boss is around, I'm going to work hard. But if the boss is not around, I'm going to slack off a little bit. Not going to give as much. That is not the mindset and example we want to set in the workplace. Many years ago, he was in the 30s, Michelangelo. Painter was asked by the Pope to come to Rome and to paint 12 figures on the Vatican Chapel. 
Michelangelo at first said, I don't think I want to do that. Then the Pope had some conversations with him. He finally agreed to do that. It took him four years to paint those figures on the Vatican Chapel. As he was painting one day, there was somebody who was there to observe him, and the person who was watching him paint said to him, Michelangelo, why are you paying so much attention to the painting and the corners? Don't you realize no one will ever see those corners where you're painting? And how would you respond to that? You're one of the greatest painters in history. You've been commissioned by the Pope to paint these figures on the Vatican Chapel. You're painting in the center, but also you're working in the corners. Maybe no one will ever see that. That's what the observer said. Michelangelo gave a two-word answer to the observer's question. Why are you giving so much attention to the corners? No one will ever see that. And here were his two words he gave back. God will makes all the difference in the world it's not just for eye service you're not pleasing people you're serving christ he sees everything so let's give 110 percent if someone's eyes are on us or not why he sees everything he is our authority number three understand your pay now you say now you're talking i'm going to get this message now because i like to talk about salary but you're going to understand it's not always about money And as you and I think about the workplace, and he talks here and he says, but you'll receive from the Lord the inheritance that is your reward. You're serving the Lord Christ. Understand your work is more than just financially what you bring home. Your workplace is not just about money. Your workplace is a ministry. Your workplace is a mission field. And so I just encourage you, be honest in the workplace. Here's what I mean by that. I've seen people call in sick on Monday. They call in and say, I'm just not feeling well. I'm not going to be able to come to work today. They, they hung up the phone. All of a sudden, miraculously, they got healed, and they were able to go to the golf course by lunch. Pretty amazing how that happens. Also, just be honest in the workplace, but also don't take advantage of your workplace. If you're paid to work 8 hours, 10 hours, 12 hours, make sure you work 8, 10, or 12 hours. Why? We're serving Jesus, not simply men. And then also if the boss sees or doesn't see what you do, make sure you're faithful in everything that you seek to do in the workplace. Number one, how do you do that? Understand your pay. Trust God. He says in this passage he's going to give you an inheritance. It's not just, about, not just about financial money, but you trust God. You say, well, I'd like to make more money. Well, trust God. Here's what we understand from God's word. He will always meet your needs by his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That's what Paul said in Philippians 4. He'll always meet your needs. I look back in ministry. When Angie and I started, I'll be transparent with you here for a moment. When Angie and I started in ministry, we could not wait to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And our first ministry assignment, full-time, benefits, the whole thing. We made $17,500 a year. And we thought we were the wealthiest people on the planet. I mean, we get to do this. We get to serve Jesus and the church and share him with others and help make disciples, do all these things, $17,500 a year. And understand, we never lacked a single thing. God always provided for us, even at $17,500 a year. You just trust him. God, I'm going to trust you. You're faithful. You're going to meet my needs. I'm going to trust you. Number two, establish goals. Now, what are your goals in the workplace? Get a raise? Could be a great goal. 
get, get a higher level position could be a great goal. What about retirement? What are you doing to make sure you're adequately prepared for retirement? Those are goals that you need to think about. Please understand, again, as you seek to retire, you may retire from a job, but you never retire from serving Jesus. Why does he say? He says, again, you are serving the Lord Christ. The word retirement is never used in God's word. Again, you may retire from a vocation, but serve Jesus all the days of your life. And he's now our goal, one of our financial goals, I don't ever want to retire. That's not in my vocabulary, but my word is redeploy. God, just redeploy me. I don't ever retire in God. If I can serve hurting churches, hurting pastors, whatever it may be, years down the road, God used me to do that because I don't ever want to retire, want to redeploy because serving is helpful. Harvard University a number of years ago did a study among their graduates. They put two groups together. One group retired at age 65. Another group retired at age 75. And what did the study find from Harvard University among their graduates? They found this. Those who retired at age 65, by the time they turned 75, seven out of eight had already passed away. Those who retired at 75, only one out of eight of those individuals had passed away. What's the takeaway? Stay active in life. Don't sit in a recliner on the couch and just do nothing. Stay active, stay busy. Your mind, your physical body, stay at it. Why? You should never retire. You're serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Make your days available. Serve in a church. Serve Jesus in life. Just establish goals. Number three, anticipate rewards. Somewhere just anticipate to say, Lord, you're going to reward me for how I'm serving you. So just anticipate rewards. Look what he says here. You're going to receive an inheritance as your reward. Also understand rewards not always in monetary form. Sometimes he blesses us with a pay raise and more money. But sometimes in your workplace, the greatest reward you can experience is seeing a coworker come to Christ in his or her life. Sometimes the greatest reward you'll see is seeing someone who's been disconnected and a prodigal in relationship to God come back to him in fellowship with the local church. Somewhere on the greatest reward, you'll see somebody going through a storm and adversity and you come alongside one of your coworkers and what do you do? You see God use you to help that individual find peace and comfort in Jesus. That is an amazing reward. And then somewhere again, you go through a storm and God uses you and your strength in him, your trust in him. Other people see that and say, you are an inspiration to me because how could you go through such a trying time, but you were faithful to Jesus. That spoke volumes into my life. What a great reward to be able to do that. Number four, evaluate your treatment. Because he shifts here in chapter four, talking about masters. Before we've been talking about employees, bond servants, and now he talks about those who are masters. Treat your bond servants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. I've got good news. If you're an employer, you're a supervisor, you're a manager, not only do you have people around you who are going to be employees, but you are a servant as well because he is our ultimate master. Two things here. One, your witness. If you're an employer, you're a supervisor, you're a manager, make sure you pay attention to your witness in the workplace. Because what you, what, what you say you believe Monday through Friday is enhanced if they see what you believe on Sundays. Makes all the difference in the world. Be a witness. You say, how do I do that? Well, pray for those who serve under you. 
Pray for your employers. Pray for your coworkers. Pray for them by name. One of the things that I seek to do, I pray for our staff here at church by name. Just pray for individuals to, to experience the fullness of Christ in, in their lives. Maybe in your workplace, you could have a short devotion with some of your minister or your team in life. And it doesn't have to be mandatory. It doesn't have to be forced. You're just going to have a 15-minute devotion. Anyone who wants to come, you're going to pray together. You're going to share a word from God's Word, and then you're going to go about your day. I've been in banks and other businesses where leadership did that. Again, it wasn't forced. Nobody was manipulated to come. But if you want to come, we're going to pray together and study God's Word together. God moved in those conference rooms. It can happen in your workplace as well. But also just let people you do business with or who know you, that you're a believer in Christ, you desire to honor him, and you want to be faithful to him, but you want to serve those people well. I came across one time, and again, I'm not a big knife person, but I appreciate being around individuals and hearing individuals who, who in the corporate world, in the business world, who are faithful to Jesus and who aren't ashamed of that. Now, how many of you here have heard of Chuck Buck before? Buck Knives. How many of you have a buck knife? There's a lot of hands going up. Probably those who are watching online the same. Listen to this message from Chuck Buck. He says, if, if this is your first buck knife, welcome aboard. You are now part of a very large family. Although we're talking about a few million people, we still like to think of each one of our users as a member of the buck knives family and take a personal interest in the knife that was bought. With normal use, you should never have to buy another. Must be high quality in those knives. That's a great promise. Here's what he goes on to say. Now that you're a family, you might want to know a little more about our organization. The fantastic growth of Buck Knives Incorporated was no accident. From the beginning, management determined to make God the senior partner. In a crisis, the problem was turned over to him, and he hasn't failed to help us with the answer. Each knife must reflect the integrity of management, including our senior partner. If sometimes we fail on our end because we are human, we find it imperative to do our utmost to make it right. Of course, to us, besides being senior partner, he is our Heavenly Father also, and it's a great blessing to us to have this security in these troubled times. If any of you are troubled or perplexed and looking for answers, may we invite you to look to him, for God loves you and then they quote john three sixteen: for god so loved the world that he gave his only son that anyone who believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life you don't have to wonder where that company stands at that's your witness you don't have to be pushy you don't have to manipulate you don't have to break company policy you can just let your light shine and God will use you as a witness. Number two, your expectations. I mean, what do you expect? As an employer, what do you expect? As an employee, what do you expect? Make sure, again, your expectations honor Jesus Christ in your life. He wants to use you. The Wall Street Journal, a number of years ago, did a survey. They interviewed 750 unchurched business people. And here was a question they asked those 750 unchurched business people. If you had spiritual questions or you were going through a crisis in your life, whom had you rather speak to? They gave them three options. 
a family member, a person in vocational ministry, or another business person whom you know. Here's what's interesting. 90% of those 750 unchurched business people said my preference would be to speak to another business person about spiritual questions or crisis in life. So many times they see us as paid professionals. You're the satisfied customers and he wants to use you. Now again, church life, let's be faithful to Christ. In your family, let's be faithful to Jesus. In your schools, be faithful to Christ. But I just challenge you, in your workplace, be faithful to Jesus. Even where you work, he wants to use you. Let's bow together. We're going to pray together. And I just want to encourage you in church life, give the Lord your best. But, but I want to encourage you in your vocational life, give the Lord your best. But I want to encourage you in this invitation, give your Lord your best. And those in the room and those who are watching, I just encourage you, surrender your life to Jesus Christ. If you've never trusted him to be your Savior, let the day be the day where you say yes to him. You surrender and give everything unto him. Let him change your life. The good news is Jesus paid it all for you. And this morning you need to follow Christ in believer's baptism. You've been saved a week ago, a month ago, a few years ago but you've never been obedient to him in believer's baptism, let this be today. You step out and come forward. Our pastoral staff's going to be here. We're going to have prayer warriors on the side. If you're watching online, you see an email address. You can email us. You can comment to us on the platform you're watching on. We will come alongside you and help you. But be obedient to Christ. You know why? Because Jesus paid it all for you. What about this church family? We're seeing glorious things in our church family and God's leading you to be a part of this faith group, faith family. This morning, I'm asking you, I'm appealing to you. Here in just a moment, stand up as we're going to step out, walk down one of the aisles, come forward. Let us pray with you and celebrate with you that you want to be a part of this church family. You want to be used and you want to grow and you want to serve in this church. And then maybe you're in a place where you'd say, I'm one of those 82%, I hate my job. And maybe you just need to come and get at the altar and just pray and say, God, change my attitude and help me to see I'm serving you and help me to see my workplace as a ministry, as a mission field. And again, I'm not going to violate policy, but I want to be used of you. So God, as you open doors, use me. Maybe you need to come and pray, even as an employer, for your employees, that you would set a great witness, a great example to those people who are in your workplace. They would see Jesus in you. Why? Jesus paid it all, and all to him we owe everything. So I'm going to pray, and I have no reservation inviting you in the room and those watching, to surrender your lives to Jesus. Give him your everything as well. It'll be the best decision you'll ever make in your life. So, Father, we thank you today for the Lord Jesus. Thank you that he gave his life, he shed his blood, he died on the cross. Thank you the tomb is empty, he's alive. He's calling us today to come and follow him. He paid it all and all to him we owe. And so in this invitation, I pray there'll be multiple, multiple decisions in the room and online because we're inviting people to come to Jesus and he will change their lives. 
So thank you, Lord Jesus. We come to this invitation with great expectation because your spirit is on the move and we want to be obedient to you. And so I pray this today in the name of Jesus.